Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We head to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show from Puckpedia, Hart Levine, who is uh, our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today as we bring Hart aboard. Hart, how you doing? Oh, a little worn out from Wednesday, but it's slowed down now. It has slowed down, and you know what? Um, i got to tell you something. I think the agents, you think the agents are a little bit surprised as as to how much money was actually out there, because the, there's some guys that are taking some pretty significant haircuts. Um, give me your overall assessment of what we saw. Yeah, well, I think you know as we we expected the top guys still got paid. I mean, Goudreau kind of got a decent number, right? Some of the top guys are still getting paid. But, yeah, there's, there's not really much of a middle class anymore, right? It's all just getting squeezed. And, yeah, I heard from a number of agents over the last couple of days that it's tight out there. Money's tight. Like, a lot of them saying, like, I'm sick of this, you know, bleeping cap number already. Um, and there's a lot of guys, like, looking for jobs. Like, the phone's not ringing. They're, the agents are proactively calling around trying to find spots for their guys. You know, there's people that I've seen signing two ways that you would think would be signing one ways. There's guy, And, you know, it looked like guys that re-signed with their teams or signed right when the market opened, like the lower-end guys, you know, they did okay. They have a chair. But there's a lot of people out there that are, are kind of sitting and in hearing, especially today, and, and towards the end of yesterday, it sort of feels like the market's kind of locked up now. I think there's a lot of teams now ready to to make some more commitments. Uh, I've heard that there's some potential trades that people are talking about, trying to um, you know trying to to move some money around to to let them get back into the market. But things are kind of on hold right now, and as we see, it's just like a trickle. I mean, usually, you know, usually all the big there's a lot of the big deals on day one, but even a few days after, there's still like a good stream of deals. But we, we really haven't seen much volume of deals the last few days, and I think it's teams are sort of hanging back now and, and trying to see what's going to shake out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. All right, one of the challenges, and, and I don't know if you've got the full information on it, but how many teams are currently sort of, uh, you know, on the precipice of being up against the cap, or and, and we have to factor in LTIRs. So the Oilers, as an example, have uh, Oscar Clefbaum for the last two years, and this upcoming season will be on LTIR. His career is over. He hasn't played the last couple of years. Four point two million bucks. Mike Smith headed down that path too. That's six point four million. Um, and you're only allowed to go what ten percent over the cap in the off season. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, you can go. And but it, the. What counts against the cap in the off season is different than in the regular season. Like the regular season, it's all the players that are on your active 23-man roster and anyone that's injured. In the off season, it's a little trickier. It's basically everyone with a one-way count and anyone with a two-way. Um, it's prorated for games that they played in the NHL last season. So it's actually like a you could kind of have the same roster, but in the off season, it's going to carry a bigger cap hit um, for that off season accounting. So it does make things a little tighter than it looks at times. All right, and this is where you're going to explain to our listeners. So here's the deal. People are saying, well, why don't the Oilers sign a couple more forwards, maybe at a million bucks each, and then sign a couple guys on two ways that spend a fair amount of time in the NHL. But they can't actually do that because they got 
they don't have a lot of cap space, and they got a, you know three restricted free agents that got to get signed as well. And and is part of it the fact that uh, of how um, offseason cap space gets counted with players on two-way deals? Exactly. Yeah. So they they are pretty tight, and a lot of it is, has to do with the LTIR. But just like you know we talked about during the season, you can use LTIR, but it's complicated for. It's not just like free money. You don't just get it added to your cap. You've got to set this LTIR pool. So for a team like the Oilers that have players that are definitely going to be on LTIR, it's a matter of when do they officially kind of put them um, into that designation for this league year. And once they do it, if they haven't like maxed out the potential space um, to, to maximize the pool, it's kind of lost until the, to the first day of the regular season. So if they had the, some deal that they wanted to sign, they could sort of tap into that money, but they'd have to get the sequencing right and get those deals signed and, and have the right num- uh, amount of money um, and put those guys on LTIR, but they pretty much have to have their RFAs locked up too because there wouldn't be room then to sign them for more than their qualifying offers. So right. It is kind of tricky. Long way to say that you know they have a, maybe a couple million of free money available right now, but besides that, they're probably going to have to get their RFAs signed um, first before they could kind of access that LTIR, or there, there would have to be some money going out in a deal. And I think we heard that with the Connor Brown um, talk that they needed to move uh, move some money out at the same time, and they weren't able to kind of get all that sequencing done, like with, with everything happening on Monday. See, I mean, if you sit there and go to your site at Puckpedia or go to Cap Friendly, it kind of looks like you know Edmonton's got 1.3 million, and then if you move that LTI over of 6.4, they really got about seven and a half million dollars to spend. But you got Yamamoto, uh, you got. Uh, McLeod, you got Pugliarvi, they're all restricted free agents. The minimum, minimum that Yamamoto, McLeod, and Combine are going to come in on are going to be about $4 million. Uh, and McLeod does not have arbitration rights. That works to Edmonton's advantage. Yamamoto and Pugliarvi do, and I'm going to pose the same question to you that I posed to Mark Spector. Could the fact that Pugliarvi has uh, arbitration rights and a compelling case work against him potentially being... Uh, move because there's no fixed cost in terms of knowing what his salary is going to be if you're an acquiring team. Well, definitely. I mean, it's the same reason, you know, why some of these guys that had reasonable qualifying offers were not qualified because the team didn't want to risk going to arbitration. And you can only, you know, if uh, people get stuck with an arbitration award, you can only walk away if it's less than $4.4 million. So, you know, if Arbit- if Pilyarvi goes to arbitration, it like um, the team is going to be stuck with that award. They, they won't be able to walk away. So, yeah, certainly like that, not knowing what he's going to cost matters. I would think that if the Oilers had a decent, um, you know, trade partner lined up, there'd be some some conversation allowed with the agent and try to figure out what a deal would be. And that's how they would get that certainty. But obviously that, that adds a little bit more complexity and some more moving parts. It's not as simple as, you know, a guy has a contract. I mean, we saw at the trade deadline when Louis, uh, when uh, Jake DeBrus wanted to get traded. You know, he had the same kind of thing with a, a big qualifying number and potential arbitration. And so to help facilitate a trade, he signed a, a two-year deal, um, but it still didn't help him get traded, right? And then, and you know, he's and then they fired the coach, so. 
and then they fire yeah, the coach. Exactly. So now he's got a fresh start. I think he's going to be okay there. So, um, so it could help, but I, but Pulleyarvey's not going to sign a deal with the Oilers like right now. He's going to wait and see if right. you know a trade happens or 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 go to arbitration. He's not. There's no real incentive for him to sign a new contract with the Oilers as of you know the next week or so. Actually, uh, we're going to hit on a player here in a second. Puck PD is Hart Levine joining us right now. He's got his own website. He's all over sort of the cap uh, management asset situation. Uh, Gerald Mayhew has just signed a one-way deal with the Florida Panthers. This, Gerald Mayhew and Martin Furk were two guys that multiple organizations were hoping to get signed to American Hockey League deals as call-up guys. They're both big-time scorers in the AHL. Some teams were trying to get them at like seven fifty with a $500,000 guarantee. They both got one-way deals. So there you go. And so the question I'm now about to ask you actually pertains um, to next season. Could the Oilers have greater flexibility next year because they're going to have $6.4 million that's tied up in LTIR uh, between Kleppbaum and Smith completely off the books, not to mention they're not going to have Sekera and uh, Lucic's retained 750000 Sekera, $1.5 million in buyout. Those, those will be gone as well. It, will it be a cleaner, more typical sort of look at the Oilers' numbers as a result of the fact that they don't have the LTIR and, and may not need to invoke LTIR in the offseason? Yeah, it definitely would clean things up. I mean, we've talked before the the benefits of not being an LTIR, right? You can during the season you can accrue cap space. So even if they're pretty tight, like when the season starts in the following year, that that could build up. And you know, uh, if you have one million of cap space, um, sort of on day one, by the trade deadline, that's worth four and a half million of annual cap hit that a team can you could add. So it it really makes a big difference of what you could do during the season. And like we just talked about, it does clean things up in the off season in the as well, you could potentially add more contracts and and have a little bit more flexibility to make some moves. Um, yeah, you did mention the the buyout cap hits are coming down. One thing though that we should talk about is because they're going to be an LTIR team this year, any performance bonuses earned this season are going to be a carryover for next year. So this year they have um, they're going to carry nine hundred thousand of bonuses that were from last year, which were from Bouchard and a little bit from a cloud gameplay bonus. So, but you think about this year, who could be earning performance bonuses? I mean, definitely, you know, Bouchard's a candidate. Maybe Broberg, right? If he gets in the maybe ice time or you know even plus minus or something. Um, maybe a guy like uh, a Holloway, depending on what what kind of um, action or how he pops, right? Um, so, you know, we, we could be talking about some another overage for next year, oh, it's and that's sl- going to eat into some of that cap space. It's a slam dunk, Bouchard's going to get all four. Yeah, so that's so, so maybe when you pencil that for 850 already, less off uh, of yeah. cap space they have for next year. You know, and then maybe something for Roberg, you know, so yeah, it, it can start to uh, disappear, but definitely not being an LCR team creates a flexibility. Now, the advantages they have this year with, you know, knowing that Smith is also going to be an LTIR, you know, instead of trying to trick Clubbomb's contract and, and get out of it, now they're an LTR team. Once the season starts, like you might as well be even more in LTR. It's only cost of cash doesn't have a cap impact. So you could see maybe at some point, you know, they're a team that would get an asset from a team that wants to unload an LTR contract. Because again, for the Oilers, once the season's going, uh, it's not going to have any cap impact for them other than just like the cash cost. So if they can get an asset to pick up, you know, maybe a, maybe in Vancouver, a guy like Furlan, for example, with one year left, that's, that's an option that you might see um, for them since they're stuck in LTR now this season. All right. Um, I, I had a texter reach out on Patrick Kane. 
Patrick Kane has $6.9 million left in his deal for this year, of which $4 million's already been paid in a bonus. So by my count, he's got two point nine cash. He's a $10.5 million cap hit. Um, this is a player with that $2.9 million cap hit. If he gets moved at the deadline with, you know, let's say a quarter of the season left, it, 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 the actual real dollar amount is so minimal to get a second team involved. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks, in theory, they they could find a way if they used Arizona as an example. I mean, Arizona might... So $2.9 million, and now you're talking a quarter of the season left. So let's round it out to three. That's 750000 Hart, for the final quarter of the year in real dollars. Chicago eats half on that at 3.75, and then they get another team to carry, you know, $187,000 of real money to pay. What's the cost for $187,000? How good of a pick do you have to uh, give up to, to get, yeah. say, Arizona involved in that? Well, the last couple of years, we've seen, like, teams being uh, broke as that third-team brokering deal, and it was typically about... You know, around four hundred thousand was getting teams like a fourth round pick or so. Okay. So yeah, for a hundred something thousand, you know, well, you have to at some point make it worth their while. Like they might not want to do it for seventh, but yeah, it's just, it shouldn't be a heavy cost at all um, when you look at it that way. Um, so that that's, a, that's something really good to look at. I, a team I would throw in the mix is Anaheim. They still need to spend ten million of cap it just to get to the floor. Right. You know, like Ottawa's no longer that team. I mean, maybe maybe now they might move some money out, but they're kind of a, a middle third team right now. It's no you can't kind of put Ottawa in that group, but Anaheim. I don't know who's left that they're going to spend ten million dollars on. So you're going to have to if they don't sign some guys. Maybe they're going to be in the mix and, and taking on some bad contracts, not not like during the season, but before the season starts, just to get to the floor. All right. Uh, you said you talked to a bunch of the agents. Was there a contract that surprised you that a guy got out there? Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are saying to Branson, right? Four times four. That's that's definitely surprising. Yeah. Um, not not big money, but I'm just and you know happy for him. But Matt Benning getting a four year deal at. One point two five million dollar cap it. The, the cap is perfectly fine, but four four years is, is a lot of term for a, a third pairing guy. That's I think he's twenty eight. I mean, again, that's a good cap it. He's a good third pairing guy, but just I just curious like what was the competition like? Is there really someone offering three years and they had to go to four? Like that that's a that's a long lot of years. Um, I throw Sherrod in there. You know, four take him at four times four point seven five compared to Kulak at four times two point seven five. I mean, who would you rather have? I, you know, I think the analytics people, a lot of them would potentially favor Kulak, or at least say it's close, but certainly, you know, not $2 million more. And even a guy like um, Jan Ruda, you know, a good third-pairing guy for Tampa on, on some cup runs, but, you know, he signed three times 2.75, so he signed the same as Kulak, just one less year. But I think you see that Kulak is potentially, like, moving into the second pairing. I don't think you see that from Ruda. So, you know, there's a, there's a few interesting deals like that um, that you see. Just uh, Again, usually it's term that is what ends up being the killer. You can survive a high cap hit. So, like, I like a deal um, Detroit signed Perron, 4.75 for two years. I mean, that's perfectly fine, right? Well, was, if they didn't get Kane done, they, they would have been looking at Perron. I'm going to tell you that right now, but Perron was a target yeah. for them as well. That's, that's a perfectly reasonable deal, right? Um, you know, even just like a depth signing, I, I, I kind of like Justin Braun with Philly. 
he signed an interesting deal because he's he's just turned 35. He he could sign for performance bonuses, so he only has a one million dollar cap hit, and then he's got seven hundred fifty thousand in potential performance bonuses. But they're not like it's not like some of the guys that it's like they're super easy. They're you know all the way up to sixty games and how he ranks in time on ice. So it's not a guarantee that they he even earned that. Like that's a good way to structure a deal for a you know pretty solid NHL third pairing rate D. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag out there. But definitely we didn't see, like, the huge mass of overpays like we've seen in the past. It's just often term. I mean, again, Trocek, seven years on Trocek. That's, uh, we'll see how that one ages too, right? Yeah. Well, San Jose just wasn't Matt Benning at four times 1.25. I mean. Yeah, San Jose and Nico Sturm, three that, years, that was, uh, two million. That stunned me. That one stunned me yeah. as well. That, that's a lot of term. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, like, I, I, I really like what Detroit did because, they, I, I, you know, again, I can quibble with the, again, I'm not a huge fan of that Sherratt contract. And, you know, I, I, th- I like Andrew Kopp, but that's maybe that number is a little high for me too. But Kopp only five years, not like the seven that Trocek got. And, you know, they basically, look, they signed Kopp, Perron, Kubalik, and Sherratt. Um, and Pissick. That's, a, that's a, a lot of guys you brought in that are good, solid, you know, second line players, you know, second pairing D. Um, that they, they really added a lot to their team. And when you look at the term, Cop five years, Perron two years, Kubalik two years, Sherratt four years. You know, so it, some of these guys, if they're not a great fit or they have, they have their big young guys that need new deals in a couple of years, the contracts are either up or they're or they only have a couple of years left and they could potentially be moved. So, you know, again, I think it's term is often a killer. Um, and there's only a few teams that really like, kind of stretch themselves that far. All right. Uh, just to wrap up, Hart, how do people get hold of you? Uh, on Twitter, at Puckpedia and the website, Puckpedia.com. Awesome stuff. Thank you for joining us in Oilers now. Thanks for having me. You bet. 150 at Edmonton. We'll wrap up the show when we return. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a listler, 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza, 15 spots in Edmonton, four in Calgary. Stopper recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. You know, Brendan, they're hurting in Calgary, and I know this because I was talking to Uncle Milt out at uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Uh, Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority in Wetaskiwin. Great service department. They got uh, two or three Calgary Flames fans. They're going through a tough time right now. I feel bad for Brad Trelevin. Good general manager. We'll see. I mean, can the Flames get in on now some cadre? I don't know. Uh, but Brent Ridge Ford, they'll look after you, and uh, they'll probably tell you a little about hockey, too, and not be afraid to uh, share their opinions. We go into this day in Oilers history. It is presented by New West Travel, and here is Brendan Escott. 2010, GM Steve Tambellini hires 41-year-old Todd Nelson, previously of the Atlanta Thrashers, as the new head coach of the Oklahoma City Barons. Later that day, former Oilers defenseman Steve Smith named an assistant on Tom Rennie's coaching staff. Steve Smith currently working with Chris Knobloch in the Hartford Wolfpack after NHL stints with uh, Edmonton and uh, the Buffalo Sabres. He was on Ralph Kruger's staff in Buffalo. Todd Nelson has been interviewing uh, for jobs uh, since he got let go by the Dallas Stars. I think he'll get an NHL assistant coaching job shortly. Uh, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight. His guests, uh, for a perspective on all things Calgary, 
Uh, Pat Steinberg, who does a, cr- a terrific job uh, on the fan down there. They still call the fan or Rogers Radio down there in Calgary Flames Radio. Blake Dermott will be on. Rob Brown. Josh Green, who is going to be a uh, assistant coach in the Bakersfield Condors. And Murray McCourt from the ranch. I'm going to guess Reed's going golfing out there this weekend. Reed says The Witch was an outstanding movie and Hereditary was overrated. And Salem's Lot, does add Reach, was uh, adapted into a series called Chapel Weight last year. And Reed doesn't think it was very good. Well, you know, Reach used to work at Blockbuster. So I'm not surprised that he has that incredible depth when it comes to movies and that sort of thing. Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday, John Shannon and maybe a couple surprises. Great job today, Brendan. Thank you very much for your help. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with David Bowles, followed by Angela Coquat from 2 to 3. Jalen and I in 3 to 6 back at you on Monday. Have a terrific weekend. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.